Hi, my name is Liat Horowitz and this is the Results Club podcast. One thing you must know about me is that I am completely obsessed with people and mostly I love helping people achieve extraordinary results in their life and business. On this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing some of the smartest and most successful experts and thought leaders out there as well as sharing strategy tips, mindset tools, and motivational resources that you need to achieve the results you want. But before we get rolling, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating along with a written review. Our journey to success starts here. Welcome to the club. Welcome to another episode of the Results Club podcast. If you or someone you know is dealing with a really big decision when it comes to their healthcare or the healthcare of a loved one, this is an episode for you. I am genuinely excited to introduce you to Dr. Rebecca Greenberg, who helps people make really big decisions in their lives. Just before we get into this episode, I want to remind you that if there's someone in your life that you think needs to hear this information and potentially needs to meet Rebecca and perhaps work with her, please feel free to share this episode with them. When I first heard about what today's guest actually does in her career and in her life, I was very intrigued because not only is she in, I think, a very challenging position and deals with very interesting scenarios. She's an expert in an area that I have really had to work hard on on myself, and that is decision-making in general. And so without further ado, I would love to introduce my minxes right here on the Results Club podcast to my special guest today, Rebecca Greenberg. Thank you, Rebecca, for being here. I am Really excited to get the conversation going. I feel like even before we pressed record, we were like, I was getting into it. I wanted to hear more. So I can't wait to share it with everyone. Let's start with you sharing with us who you are, what you do, and how you help people so beautifully in this world. Thanks so much, Liat. It's really a pleasure to be here today. I think we're going to have a lot of fun chatting. So yeah, as you said, I specialize in decision-making and supporting people and making big life decisions, most of the time that pertain to their health or their health care. So let's rewind 20-something years ago when I started my career as a bedside nurse. And it was in that capacity that I really saw the anguish the struggle, the torment that patients and their families had in making big big decisions about their health and what that looks like with respect to making decisions for loved ones and supporting people in their journey of decision-making. So I decided to go back to school and ultimately get my PhD in medical ethics and bioethics And it was in grad school that I really focused on learning tools and frameworks and processes to make decisions, to make decisions that have an ethics piece, and to help people figure out not just what they should do, what is the decision, but why they should do it, 
and how they should do it. Mm. I often think that when we make these big decisions, we will look back at them years later. And so people are very interested, of course, in figuring out how do I go forward? What's the decision to make? But the peace that they will have in the years ahead is often linked not to just the decision itself, but really taking through a process to understand how they got there so that that can provide them comfort in the days ahead, particularly around complicated decisions where there isn't necessarily only one way that's right or wrong. I mean, this is absolutely fascinating. Could you give us some examples of the type of people you work with, the type of decisions you're helping them make? Because I think that's where, like, I was like a little dog with the little ears perk up when you started telling me about all that you do. It's just absolutely fascinating and really remarkable that you are able to be in these spaces with these people, having these hard conversations and helping them make these really life-changing decisions. So I work a lot in the pediatric sector of decision-making, the fertility sector of decision-making, as well as adult decision-making, which could include making decisions for yourself or making decisions, as I mentioned, for a loved one, most often an aging parent. So people will come to me in my private practice where they're struggling to figure out how to go forward. So an example might be someone who has received a very bad diagnosis, maybe it's cancer or something else, and they're presented treatment options, but the treatment options have side effects, they could affect their quality of life, and they're trying to decide how do they balance quality of life versus quantity of life? Mm. Should they accept another round of treatment? Should they focus on comfort care? That might be one example. Mm. A handful of years ago, medical assistance in dying became legal in Canada. So we've had a number of emerging issues in individuals trying to figure out, might that be something they want to explore? What might that mean to them? So those are some examples of individual decisions. I mentioned the fertility world. There is a lot of options that are available to people that weren't available before, including using a gestational carrier, third-party donors, and individuals are often struggling with, where would I go? What is my limit? What is my stopping point? So that would really fall into the bucket of individual decisions. And then moving into the decisions on behalf of others, usually a young child or an aging parent or an aging spouse. And there is a tremendous amount of burden in feeling that you have to do right by your loved one and having the opportunity to really explore complicated issues so that you can feel or one can feel like they know they've done right by their loved one when the answer is not clear can be really helpful. And particularly when we make decisions on behalf of others in the healthcare sector, we're often not doing that alone. So we're mm-hmm. doing that in concert, usually with a spouse or a partner, other grown siblings, and sometimes our views and perspectives don't all align. So part of that is also conflict resolution and mediation help parties come together to move forward in their in their journey. I've never heard of like it makes so much sense but I don't think I've ever heard of 
or met someone who's doing exactly what you do. And so part of me like hopes to never have to cross your path from a professional perspective, (laughs) but realistically, it is really nice to know that you are out there doing the work that you're doing and uh, helping people through what sounds like really challenging decision-making moments. And like you said, it's not just what the decision is, it's the information that surrounds it. And you're providing a safe space for them to become informed and really explore what all these options could look like and then take it forward. So it's really amazing. Now, decision-making for me in general, and I'm going to take this to a very sort of high level, very generic, very everyday example, but I actually think that I used to find decision-making very difficult and used to get caught up in it and then get emotional about it. And really, I just feel like it used to be a thing that didn't come so naturally to me. And so I just want to know, is it something that some people just find more difficult when it comes to decision-making, whether it's a really intense decision or really a light one? Do you think there's a difference between some people who just make decisions easily or other people who really have a hard time making decisions? So that's a really great question. And I can't help but reflect on the comment as well that many people say, which is, wow, that's super interesting what you do. And I hope I never have to work with you. And I would concur, right? We hope people are not in these horrendous situations, these really vexing situations. But to loop back to your question, they're actually not all that dissimilar from all the kinds of decisions that we make. It's just the context of health can be a radical departure from the day to day. And so sometimes it is the topic that catches people up, meaning healthcare, there's a whole new language to learn, there's a whole new system to understand. So that might be part of it. And to better answer your question about, so are there some people who it's easier to make decisions for than others? I think that that's true. But I think more importantly, when we have big decisions to make in any realm, there are certain decisions that will be easier to make than others. So why is that? So as individuals, our identity is made up of a number of values. Those values are personal, professional, familial, cultural, religious, etc. When those values all line up, with the decision and the options that are available, it's easy to make a decision. It's easy to go forward. But when those values diverge or are in conflict, it's that kind of circumstance that really trips people up. Mm -hmm. And it is in those circumstances where we have that angst, where we say, I can't hold up all my values to the way I would like them to be. How do I decide what value I compromise or sacrifice and what value is going to guide me forward. Do I value quality of life more than quality of life? For example, how do I make that choice? Right. So it's about the context. I understand what you're saying, but really at the end of the day, if the, you're saying if the values align that the decision will be a much easier in inverted commas decision to make because yes. your values are aligned. It's where the values are misaligned in your decision-making, in your thinking that causes the angst and the challenge. Got it. And this is where you come in because you help people yes. to, I guess, define that and really spread it out and understand it so that they can move forward and make a decision. Exactly. 
Wow. The other piece to think about when we're exploring the conversation about what makes a decision easier or harder for some or the circumstance is that there's this normative belief that decisions should be easy and that we should feel good about all decisions that we make. And that if we don't feel good or we have unease, we very easily jump to, it must be the wrong choice. Right. And I often say, when you are in an extraordinary circumstance, what would it mean to feel comfortable and good about big decisions Mm. with high stakes? Mm. And People forget that, that that is a emotive response that signals caring and interest, Mm. not a sign of transgression and failure. Wow, that's a very big reframe in that moment. Because something that could make someone feel so guilty and so caught up and so torn up is actually a really good quality. It shows that they care. As you're talking, what it makes me think about is this concept of people just saying to you, just trust your instincts, especially when it comes to decision making. What is your instinct? What is your gut telling you? How do you feel about that? So most of the time, our gut serves us well. It doesn't feel good to lie. So we probably shouldn't lie. When we, again, we have these big decisions, our gut can get completely tangled and confused and we just can't make heads or tail of a situation, but we know we feel uncomfortable. So when people have that sinking feeling, that pit in their stomach feeling, I say to them, don't leap and assume it's bad. That is a sign to pause and to reflect. Why do I feel this way? What is my emotion saying about the situation? And to take time to explore what matters to them and to even ask the question, is my goal to feel perfectly comfortable? Is the distress actually a sign that I'm invested. So it goes back to that first question. What is this discomfort or this gut feeling actually Mm. telling me? And sometimes it might be, don't do it, it's wrong. Mm. And sometimes it might just be, this is really hard. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Especially when you said like, this is a sign for you to pause and reflect. Because oftentimes if you're, if a human being is in a situation where they're uncomfortable, they will want to get out of that discomfort as quickly as possible. So one, I assume, and I know I was like this, you like want to just make the decision and get over with it. You just want to move on and then feel better. But in actual fact, you're saying that then you may not make the decision from the right intentional place and taking some time to pause and reflect as to why you're feeling uncomfortable and see if that discomfort even lasts and where it's coming from could be the key to unfolding this. Wow, I love that. And it may also be the key to what I call a lasting moral peace, so that in the future, which nobody has a crystal ball, we don't know how life is going to unfold. If we take that time and explore our discomfort, we might feel better in the long run so that when we reflect back, we can say, 
here's how I got there, Mm. right? I explored it. Mm. And similar to not wanting to be uncomfortable, people don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't. People also want to have certainty, which is related to why we try to run from that discomfort. And that we think, ew, if I'm uncertain, that's also problematic. I should be all in from day one on this decision. But again, can uncertainty be our friend if we think about decisional closure or Mm. the the opposite, preventing decisional regret? Can we embrace uncertainty? Can we embrace uncertainty and say, this is part of the process? And what is the story? What is the narrative to my decision-making journey now and in the future? I really love everything that you're saying. I'm very, very interested in this whole topic. I kind of want to hear a lot more. I'm going to go to the next question. And that is if someone is listening to this and they can pinpoint a specific decision in their life, whether it's for themselves or for a loved one that they are going to be needing to tackle, or they're already in the process and they've never heard of you and they've never even thought of the things that you're bringing up. Where would you suggest is a place that they could start with their decision-making process? So usually we start with a bit of a values map, as I like to call it. And this is a process of me getting to know my clients and the clients actually best getting to know themselves about what are the pieces that they are feeling conflicted about. So we often feel uncomfortable and we don't always know why. So a values map is a process where an individual can ask the question, how do I define myself? How do I want to define myself? What are the values that I hold to be important to my identity? Mm -hmm. So that's a starting point to figure out, well, what is at stake? What is it that you might feel you are being asked to compromise? And then Together, we will ultimately work towards what I call the best case, worst case scenario. And this is a framework that I have evolved. It's a framework that was actually published in the literature a handful of years ago. It came out of the University of Wisconsin, and it was geared to making decisions around surgery. We do a bit of a variation, but I guess to summarize simplistically, this framework is really asking the question is, what is your best case scenario? What is your worst case scenario? And then what is the most likely scenario? People will often go, okay, well, this is the worst case. I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. Okay. Well, what's the most likely? Do we have any information to say how likely is it to come true, best case or worst case? And then relatedly, what can you live with and what can you not? And what is your individual tolerance for risk in living with the possibility of a worst case scenario materializing? And again, depending on how likely that is and a risk tolerance, we can ultimately start zeroing in on what options are actually worth exploring. Mm. And we do this often as a visual because it can be very easy to get distracted by the discomfort. But when we actually take pen to paper Mm. and write out our options Mm. and think about best and worst, the likelihood and the information that we have, we can be more clear Mm. on 
what are the pieces available to us. Mm-hmm. And so I would say for individuals at home, a great place to start is to get clarity on what defines you as a person, what is most important to you, and to map out your options and think about the various scenarios ahead mm-hmm. and what you can live with and what you cannot live with. The other thing that I think about often is that going back to the earlier comment about is not just what is the decision, but why and how, is there's a narrative, there's a story to every big decision. And it's really important to take time to explore what is my narrative. We can have the exact same scenario, the Mm. exact same facts, and a very different narrative written to the same story. And humans can be very self-critical and very harsh and very judgmental. And so taking time to explore why is it that you are portraying this decision in this way? How does that actually align with the values that you described at the outset? What is the way one might be able to frame the exact same decision? Is there another way to look at it? And helping people reflect on the different ways to see the same story Mm. can be quite helpful. So again, thinking about your narrative, or sometimes I'll even say, what is the letter to your future self? How would you describe this? Would be a great place to start. So good. I mean, I feel like you threw a lot of ideas and a lot of potential tools in that one answer. And so it's a great segue into the next question where I know in our discussions before this meeting, you did mention that you have really amazing, useful tools and some frameworks that you pull on and use in your work. And I'm sure you've created and curated a lot of ideas and intellectual property that you use in your own practice. What would you like to share with us? Tell us more, please. So thanks for that question. When I work with individual clients, it's usually two to three sessions to take the entire process of exploring a decision to understanding what's at stake to making that decision. Uh And the way we start will also depend on how many decision makers are involved. So a lot of our conversation has focused in on what might be the process or the questions of an individual making a decision. But you may recall the outset, we talked about how when we're making decisions with another party or parties, it can add a layer of complexity. So sometimes I will meet with each party individually. So let's take an example of a couple exploring fertility treatment. Mm. They're uncertain of how they feel themselves. So I may have a session with each person trying to explore their pros and cons and their values. And then we come together to explore how we can map their values together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may need to add a session where there is conflict. I see that more so when there is decisions being made on behalf of elderly parents and diverging views on what does it mean to do right by mom or dad. And so in these sessions, we really work together to save the decision to the very end and focus on what are the options? 
How do we feel about those options? How likely are those options to come to fruition and ultimately circle down? I don't tell people what they should do. I am a neutral, non-judgmental decision-making coach, if you will. I pull from them what matters to them most, what are their values, what are things that are important to them, and through their lenses, help them say, okay, we're going to funnel down to the path forward. Mm, So good. How do people find you, work with you? Like, just tell us all the things. I'm just thinking someone is listening to this and thinking, I'm even thinking, I'm like, when and if I need this, it is a no-brainer that I would love to have you in my corner. So tell us where to find you and how people can work with you. So if you're looking for services, please go to greenbergconsulting.ca and there you can book an appointment and get more information about the various services that I offer. Mm, absolutely amazing. You're doing really remarkable work. And in advance, I'll thank you because hopefully if I need it one day, I'll be coming back to you. But I just think this is such an important conversation because even in everyday life, it doesn't have to be this absolutely really life-changing decision that one would be going through, but it's very easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of all the options and, and get very emotionally entangled. And I think all the, sh- the tools and the examples and the ideas that you've shared with us really provides food for thought as to how we can tackle and approach decision-making because ultimately your decisions then dictate your results, like your your actions, what actions you take or inactions that you take, and then you, the results that you get in your life, in your business, in your family, in your values, in your home, and in your community. So I think this is such an important topic, and we're going to have to continue this conversation another time in the future. But in the meantime, I think that was awesome. And thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Results Club. If you enjoyed it and found it insightful, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review, rate this episode, and even subscribe to The Results Club podcast. That way, other driven high performers just like you will be able to find it. If you'd like to find out more about how to achieve your ultimate results in life and business, head over to www.liathorovitz.com for information and resources on my coaching, upcoming retreats and masterminds, and so much more. If you're ready to see how coaching can help you, schedule a discovery call with me. I would so love to meet you and hear more about your story and how I can help you. See you next week.